This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. A very special one for you. Uh, We are getting near the halfway point of the NBA season, as the All-Star teams have just been named. And so we're getting ready to go to the All-Star break. And what better time to look back at our our picks, and give you our mid-season award winners. DJ, this is a tough list. We're going to go crazy. We're going to do our Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, Coach of the Year, MVP. And then on top of that, we're going to go a little extra crazy, and we're going to give you guys our first team NBA at the midway midway mark. I imagine we have some controversial picks. Uh, DJ, how do you, how'd you feel making this list? You know, looking for my awards, I felt pretty good. I'm like, okay, all of these make sense. They're reasonable. When we did the first team, I was like, damn it, my second team is as good as my first team. My second team might be able to beat my first team. There's a lot of really good, really, really good players. Absolutely. I ran into the same problem. I mean, look, you're looking at this, uh, going down the the, the names in the, in you know that you could put in an NBA first team and you could put in an MVP case at midseason. You put in defensive player of the year case, 
rookie of the year cases. Like, I mean, there's literally, you can make a case for 10 players for almost every single one of these awards and every single one of these spots on a, on a team. And so it's, uh, it was very interesting to say the least. Uh, I know I, I had fun with it and, um, definitely enjoy doing all these, all, all these rankings and, and midseason award predictions. Um, but DJ, go ahead and get us kicked it off, Kick, kicked off. Uh, let's go ahead and hear your list. Okay. So we'll start off with most improved player. I went with the, the guy that you were affectionately referred to as the young bull, Colin Sexton from the Cavaliers. He has been on an absolute tear. He did get an all-star bid this year too, compared to before. He's known as kind of like a good young player, not good, not great necessarily. But this year he stepped it up. And even though the Cavs have been very up and down, they've been a roller coaster of emotions this year, trying to watch them win four in a row, lose four in a row, win five in a row, lose eight in a row. They've been all over the place. His game has jumped up significantly tenfold. I mean, went from 16 points a game to 20 points a game to now just under 24 points a game. He's got a steal a game, four assists. Let's see, 80% from the field, a couple of rebounds. He's been able to do it all, 49% from the field, 40% from three. He's had an outstanding jump so far when I look at him. And I know Cleveland's still a ways away, but he's a very bright spot for them moving forward. Hey, that Cleveland team was in first place at – uh, for a while there, they were given they were given the whole Eastern Conference fit. So, who knows? They might turn it on in the second half if they uh, ever figure out what they can trade Andre Drummond for at this point. So, who knows? Maybe Colin Sexton continues that run. That's a good pick. Very interesting one. I got to give you a credit on that one. And you and you mentioned too. I mean, getting rid of Drummond, they have a pretty young squad. They're him, Darius Garland, Jarrett Allen now playing center, who looks like an absolute monster since they started starting him. Mm-hmm. On top of it too. I mean, good luck, guys. That's going to be a fun one for everyone to deal with. Definitely, definitely. Well, what about your next pick? Uh, well, who's your, what's your what's your next award you got listed right here? So next, I'm going to go with Coach of the Year, and for me, I feel like it's not an obvious one, but I'm going with Quinn Snyder, the Jazz head coach, for the second month in a row that he's been named the Conference Western Conference Coach of the Month. We've had like four months of season, he's got half of them for the West, so I think that alone is a pretty good indicator. Plus, he has the Jazz without really any superstars on the team. Like we know, we love Donovan Mitchell as much as the next guy. We love Rudy Gobert's part of his game. We love what he his defensive stifled power self, even though he scores like six points a game. Hey, Joe he Ingles old league by himself. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Joe Ingles old man game, as you like to call it. He's got a really good squad playing like the best team in basketball. They've beaten everybody. I mean, nobody wants to play them. They they're similar to that Hawks team that won sixty games a few years back, but then throw in some a trend bologna sandwich or something on top of it, give them a little bit of roids. And that's how good they look, basically. They're that team plus some so far. Yeah, they got Mike Conley looking good too. Quinn Snyder does. So Quinn Snyder over there revolutionizing the Jazz. It kind of reminds me of the old uh old days where the Jazz were competitive in the Western Conference year in and year out. They're starting to turn that corner again. And um, you know, as as a guy who lived in Utah, that's always fun to say. Even though I'm a Kings fan, it's it's nice to see the Jazz as as one of those competitors. So it's I, I definitely I like the pick there. Absolutely. You, to even I think we're all somewhat jazz fans in some way, shape, or form, because even the people who don't like them, they always look at them as like, oh, well, they're not really a threat. They're they're just a fun team. Maybe they'll knock off a team I don't like. As long as you're not a as long as you're not Russell Westbrook, jazz fans aren't too bad. But if you're Russell that, Westbrook, then you don't want to go to Utah ever. Okay, that's a fair point. Can't argue with that. <laughs> all right. So moving on my list now, we're gonna go to everyone's favorite rookie of the year. This one's kind of interesting because there's a lot of really good candidates for it if you will say but i'm gonna go with my preseason pick 
the guy who's been absolutely rolling, especially since he became the starter, LaMelo Ball, who's honestly more than just an NBA rookie. He's practically like a all-star. He he has so much different type of hype on him compared to other rookies because of his dad that we've only seen since Lonzo, really. Yeah. But basically all the pressure his dad's heaped on that family, and he's answered tenfold. He's played in 34 games, started only 14 of them. Looking at his stat line, 16 points per game, a steal and a half per game, almost two. Six and a half assists to go with four and a half rebounds. 80% from the free throw line. Lonzo's not doing that. Yeah, no. Then field goal percentage, I mean, 45% not great. 37% from three, not great. He's kind of a huck it and chuck it type of player. But he's been all for this. The Charlotte team looks like a playoff team, like a legit playoff contender with him. And now Gordon Hayward, who everyone was saying was going to be the most overpaid free agent. Like he was the one that everyone said in free agency, Oh, avoid Gordon Hayward. He's the one he's a waste. Don't do it. Avoid him. Those two look like a pretty gnarly duo in Charlotte. I mean, the MJ's draft track track record might've been flipped around with just this one pick. Yeah. I, you know, LaMelo is absolutely lighting it up. You mentioned he's a kind of huck and chuck it guy. I mean, he does have a couple 30 pieces on the, on the season, just getting one again against Portland and, Unfortunately, I think they've come in losses because, so, you know, he hasn't been too efficient. But it kind of reminds you of the old uh, – they'll just, just throw it up. You, Reggie Miller style, I'll, you know what? I got to shoot. I got to shoot. So, I'll, I'll shoot shoot on you no matter what. And hey, shooters fire sometimes. Sometimes you just got to fling it. Yeah, and he's been baptizing dudes at the rim too. And that's been fun to watch. And, you know, he talked about – everybody remembers the big baller brand. We always had that open B. That was the stylized B. That was LeVar's – that was LeVar's reference to LaMelo, how he's going to be the – most flashy, the, the best of all three of them. And right now, he's not wrong. As much as we give LeVar Ball crap, I got to give him credit on this one. Uh, he wasn't wrong about LaMelo being possibly the best of all three Ball brothers. He's definitely the one that could get put the ball in the hole better than the other ones. Like, Lonzo's obviously the distributor. The other one, LiAngelo's arguably like the 3 and D type guy, where LaMelo's a bucket. Yeah. Who can also pass, and he's a bigger guard, so he can get boards as well, too. And that time playing overseas, you could see how it's helping his game a lot, too. He's already a professional basketball player before joining the NBA, really. Yeah, it's like kind of what we see with all these European kids that come in. Like, Luca is the best comparison I can think of where a European guy comes in and he's just – he he's already ready for the professional stage and the professional spotlight. I mean, this kid's had, a, had, a, had the camera on him since he was, what, 13, 14, playing as a freshman and as a junior high kid. So he's, he's had a camera on him since then, basically. So it's been Pretty much, yeah. He's yeah, he's absolutely outstanding rookie season. I imagine he's going to continue it going too. And I'm also going to say that's one of my preseason predictions, so I'm going to stick with it, and it looks pretty good. So I, it'd be, I'd be a fool to argue with it at this point. I feel you. I feel you on that one. So moving forward, I'm going to go to defensive player of the year. This one I didn't stick with my preseason prediction, although I really thought about it. This was a give or take. I all but flipped a coin for this one, honestly. The reason I went with this guy is because he is the epitome of a defensive player because his offensive game is, well, kind of lacking this year. It's not too great. I went with the Indiana stalwart, Miles Turner, a guy who's also who has led the league in blocks before, too. Back in 2018, 2019, he led it with 2.7 blocks a game. Right now, he is at three and a half blocks per game and a steal per game. So he is accounting for four, basically four takeaways, if you will, even though not all blocks are takeaways, but you get the point. Mm-hmm. He's That is four different defensive impact plays that he's making that are attributed for on the stat sheet, not including shots altered, contests, help defense, all those other things, which he's absolutely fantastic at as well. And then looking at the rest of stats, I know it's not really the defensive stats with 13 points a game. Okay. 
not terrible. Rebounds, six and a half, not great for a center. 80% from the free throw. So he is versatile. He can do other things, but that defense, he's been a force for the for Indiana in the paint, a team that's top five, I believe, in the East, if I'm not mistaken. They're right up there. Because of his defense and Zabonis being Zabonis, the guy we talked about in our snubs, honestly, who should have been in there. It's been those two carrying it because Noel Adipo in the backcourt, Lavert hoping he gets better soon too. It's been those two guys carrying them. And nobody wants to go to the paint on Miles Turner. It's similar to those Roy Hibbert days with the Pacers back back a few quite a few years back actually now just he couldn't score any points but Roy Hibbert was just a terrifying force in the paint that's what Miles Turner is this year yeah I 100% agree um you know you you mentioned he was that that 2018-2019 block champion uh also an all-rookie guy back in 15-16 when he first got into the league um a guy that we've all kind of been waiting for him to turn the corner and I don't know if defensive stats can turn the corner for you but he looks really good right now at least Heck, he's so it, I just looked at it in of his six seasons, four times he's had more than two blocks per game. This year he is at three and a half. So I guess if you can turn the corner defensively, he has done that tenfold. His points per game isn't that great, obviously, like we mentioned, and the rest of his stats could do better. But as far as just de- turning the corner defensively, Lord, he, he has a little bit of Dikembe Matumbo feel to him at this point, or like a young Dwight Howard without the explosion. Yeah, 100%. I, I love this pick, Miles Turner, defensive player of the year right now. Whether he keeps it up or not, and it's kind of going to be determined for the Pacers winning down the stretch. But uh, definitely, definitely deserving of a, of a current defensive player of the year nod. For absolutely, sure. and the other guy I was looking at for this one is Joel Embiid as well too. He's been an absolute force for the 76ers as well, a team that is winning. Joel Embiid is also a lot more efficient offensively. He is honestly in an MVP conversation too. So I think Embiid makes a strong case for defensive player of the year as well. But speaking of MVP, this one was, oh man, I don't know about you, but compared to the last few years, this one was tough for me. Normally the last few years by midway point, we kind of already know it's down to two guys, maybe three. This year, it seems like it's all over the place personally. I don't know about you, but I'm like, well, I could give it to that guy, but look at that guy's stats, but look at that guy's winning. Oh my God, that guy's awesome. Oh wait, this guy's awesome. Oh wait, that's nine people. So what I did is I went with what I considered the most quote unquote impressive one of them all. I went with Damian Lillard. He was also, as I mentioned, he was also my preseason prediction. So I might, there might be a little bit of homerism on that one too, trying to stick with it. But looking at this, and we talked about him a lot during our our snubs and just the disrespect he gets recently too. But just looking at stats so far for this season 29 points per game, 29 and a half, just under 30 points per game, eight assists to go with that, four rebounds, 93% from the free throw line. And let's see, 52% from two-point shots, 38% from three. And when we talked about guys that are hucking and chucking, I think he leads the league in three-point field goal attempts. If not, he's right behind Steph. And this is a lot of this has been without CJ McCollum, too. His quote-unquote PIC, his sidekick, his co-pilot. The guy that he can actually pass the ball to to get a bucket, he's done it without that guy. And he's putting up the best numbers of his career and has the Blazers in, I believe, his fifth or sixth place in the West. They're in the top they're right in the thick of it when they're the team. A lot of people were riding off before the season, like, Oh, they're going to be the one left off. So logo Lillard, Dame dollar, sub zero, big game, Dame, whatever you want to call him. He has a litany of names. He's my current first half MVP, but boys, there's a lot of close guys right behind him. Yeah. There, this is the MVP choices here. I don't disrespect you for the choice on the Dame Lillard because he was in consideration for my, my MVP. Uh, but you're exactly right. There were literally 
10, 15 guys you could have given this to, and I probably would have been like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's just so many this year that it just doesn't – it's unheard of. I mean, we – It's we, not fair. It's just yeah, not like, fair. <laughs> normally, like you said, normally we're, we're down to two, maybe three guys with a, with a dark horse and LeBron James or something, you know. Exactly. And this is also with injuries like Anthony Davis, a guy that's been injured is probably not quite in the conversation. Yeah. Kevin Durant, who's in the conversation but might be a little bit lower because of his injuries. The Kyrie thing, like there's just there's so many different injuries or different circumstances where some guys that could be in it aren't quite in it. So this could really be a 20 person list. This could be the just first team, second team, third team, all NBAs. There's your MVP list. Yeah, you're I mean, honestly, yeah, you're exactly right, to be honest with you. Well, we got my list of awards so far for the mid for midseason. And I can tell that there's gonna be at least one or two similarities, but I, I expect you to have a little bit of variety in yours, and I look forward to hearing this one. Yeah, so I'll start out with my most approved player. Obviously, there was a lot of choices here I could have gone with. I could have gone with my preseason pick and say Bob Adebayo, who was having a fantastic season. Probably will end up with the award at the end. But I kind of wanted to give credit to a guy that's really we've, – we've watched him play now, and, and, and we called his color cast game with the Celtics. Um, Robert Williams III, watching him and what he's been doing all season, he doesn't have the biggest stat line in the world. It's only 6.6 points per game. It's not fantastic in, in, by any means, but it's an improvement from his last season at 4.4. But his per efficiency rating, he's looking at a 25.2 efficiency rating, which is a 15-point jump from his previous statistics. I mean, we talk about, like, you got to improve your play. 15 percentage points in per uh, efficiency rating is just an absolute insane rating to jump. He's ranked 10th in the league in, in, in efficiency rating. And I hate... I hate efficiency rating normally. Like I gotta tell you, I, I don't like it because a lot of times it doesn't show what you what you wanted to. But looking at his stats, it just like they weren't all there statistically. But if you watched him play against a guy like Zion, he absolutely shut down Zion down the stretch of a game where you needed to shut down Zion, and he absolutely gave Zion trouble in that game that matchup we watched. And he was a brick it, wall down there. And that's just like a microcosm of how how much of a difficult matchup he is offensively and defensively he's playing at both sides so his i don't know his, his efficiency rate rating is the is the nod for this one and again i don't like efficiency rating for a main stat but when you you need to show improvement it's one of the best stats i can find to show improvement out there because it just shows just like how much better has this guy actually gotten is it the number of attempts he's getting or is it just he's improved on the previous number of attempts he's getting because he's only playing close to 16 minutes a game so this one to me i was just like I got I to give credit to where credit is due to seeing a player, even though he's probably not going to get it down the road. It's going to go to somebody like Bam Adebayo, um, which so be it. Bam has had a fantastic season for the Heat. Like, oh, no, the second most deserving guy, arguably, <laughs> or the third most deserving yeah. guy. Yeah, Bam sitting at like 18th on the uh, efficiency rating, which is improvement from his plus 50 ranking from last year. Um, so, you yeah, know, it's it, he's another one that, that obviously deserves his, his – uh, is, is calling at the end of the season. But right now, this is midseason. I got to give credit where credit's due and, and give it to Robert Williams III. Um, but moving forward, coach of the year, you're exactly right, Quinn Snyder. Uh, the One of the most interesting things, he started the season, the, the Jazz started the season 4-4. Four and four. They lost to the Knicks on January 6th. That was their fourth loss in eight games. Since then, they have gone 23-4. and four since the loss to the Knicks on 6th of January. 
a 23 and four record over that time. That is absolutely insane. Only losing to the Clippers and the uh, Nuggets, and then the Lakers is the other team. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good list of teams to lose to, considering they beat all those teams during that same time too. Yeah, I can't so, even go twenty three and four on NBA two K half the time. It feels like, let alone in real life against these squads. Exactly, and you talk about it with all the players. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, obviously fantastic player. Spider Mitchell, we all love him. Rudy Gobert, Stifle Tower is what he is. Joe Ingles, the misnomer from Down Under. I honestly don't know how to describe him. He's he is the old man game we see at the Y, just jacking up a picture perfect shot off the most simplistic moves. With the um, most, with the least amount of athletic ability to go with it, it seems like too. And the ugliest, like mean mug ever. He literally has the <laughs> ugliest mean mug ever. It just does not look right. And then Mike Conley, the guy that you know I talked about that as being a potential helper for Donovan Mitchell, I think last year, and then it didn't really work out that way. But you know, it's you look at him; he's actually playing efficiently this year, and that's what it's a big thing they need is efficiency from that point guard spot. He um, definitely looks like. Grizzlies Mike Conley but now you throw it someone like Donovan Mitchell who he's never played with he's always had Zebo's old man game in the paint left hand hook shot left hand step back left hand fade away and Marcus Gasol who's been really really good but never anything like Donovan Mitchell to pass it off to yeah exactly I mean he's he actually has somebody to to go and get him points if you will and then also you can't forget the guy Jordan Clarkson the tattooed mongrel I'll call him now because he has gone from being absolutely tattooless to completely coated in tattoos mm-hmm. since he left the Lakers. It is the most fantastic transformation I've ever seen. Um, but Jordan Clarkson, man, is absolutely playing outstanding as well this year. Might potentially get six man of the year. We'll see. Um, we didn't he's, really... definitely, he's probably leading that conversation. If we were to pick six man of the year, I'd probably have him leading the way. Yeah, I mean, probably same here, to be honest with you. It's hard hard to pick against him right now. Um, but, yeah, so that's my, that's my coach of the year. I mean, obviously, everything you said about the Jazz as well in, included. Uh, you hit a lot of the main talking points on the Jazz. Quinn Snyder is kind of... He's just what the Jazz are doing. You just kind of expect you, you didn't expect them to be number one in, in the in the NBA in record at this point in time. Um, but well, it is what it is. Okay, they were arguably one of the teams people also thought might be a fringe playoff team, like lower six, seven, eight, maybe miss it out altogether. I mean, I'm not going to say I was that person, but I might have been that person. I might have been that person too. <laughs> at but us, but number three. Rookie of the year. I'm pretty sure you mentioned him as a dark horse. Um, and I'm going to go Homer on this one because I didn't want to give it to the low-hanging fruit and the mellow ball, even though I mentioned him as a as the odds-on favorite, even though he wasn't my pick for rookie of the year. I got to give it to Tyrese Halliburton. This dude okay. is, is playing outstandingly. Almost 50% from the field, 49.4% from the field, 43.3% from three. I mean... What? That who shoots? Uh, he he does, obviously he averages thirteen points a game. So we're not talking like, you know, he's shooting twenty times a game. He's not shooting Steph Curry numbers, but he's also not shooting Gian, Giannis Antetokounmpo numbers from three point. Mm. Like, you know, he is hitting them and he is hitting them efficiently. He, like, basically, one out of every two is going in at this point in time. Three out of every or two out of every five, you're guaranteed are going to go in. Heck, he's shooting it better than Dame Lillard, who's probably the second most profuse three point shooter in the league. I mean, like. Yeah. Considering what else he provides, too, that's that's a heck of a pick. He can do just – he's not just a three-point shooter. He just happens to also shoot like one. Exactly. And uh, to your point, he has 1.4 stills a game to counter his 1.5 turnovers per game as a point guard. So he basically evens out when it comes to turnovers. He is a net zero on turnovers is essentially what it works out to be. 
And if you throw on his 0.6 of a block too, that makes it a full two, two to one, two to one and a half, basically. Exactly. And then on top of that, you have an extra 5.4 assist to add into the plus minus. He's having a very, very, we talk about efficiency rating. I didn't put his efficiency rating down here, but he was having a fantastic year. I mean, this Kings team is in what they're doing. They're, they're knocking up some big dogs and they're, they're falling apart amongst some, some lower competition Mm -hmm. and they're not really playing up to their standards. They're hit or miss. I mean, you talk about how they started the season. You go into Denver and you win on a tip in on by Buddy Hill and you and you basically run the momentum since then, and then you're hit or miss. Obviously, up and down. They're still a young team. Whether they want to play or not every night is still a question mark. Whether or not you know everything's happening with their with, with Bad Badgley and everything, but Tyrese Halliburton right now is proving that he is a fantastic pick for this Kings team. Um, and to, don't mean to brag, but we kind of called this too. You can go back to draft now. We, we tweeted about it. Arguably the steal of the first round. 100%. I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I was obviously not as high on him because I was just, I'm a homer. So I do my homerism moments. I, I'm not high on anything the Kings pick because I'm just expecting them to fail. Your I homerism mean, is negative homerism. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the anti-fan at some point in time. So that's what, that'd be my tagline from now on. Kelsey, the anti-fan. But, you know, it's... Uh, maybe we shouldn't call it that. That's a bad... <laughs> that almost <laughs> sounds like I'm saying something else. But anyways, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton, that's my rookie of the year for, for the midseason award right now. Obviously, the middle ball having a fantastic season as well. Obviously, there's there's so many choices here. But I feel like Melo and, and Tyrese Halliburton are kind of the one-two favorites for this one. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to determine if... Charlotte makes the playoffs and Sacramento doesn't. Lamelo obviously wins. That if Lamelo like- continues to tear up the league like he's doing, Lamelo wins. If Tyrese Halliburton all of a sudden gets a starting position and starts tearing up the league, we might have a competition for Rookie of the Year at the end of the year. It is definitely gonna be t- kind of tough when he has to share with Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox, who De'Aaron Fox could have been most improved player too. I, that's another tough guy. Like, there's a little bit too many. There's too many dogs on that Kings team that they still got to bounce out compared to the. Charlotte, where it's just like, all right, Lamelo and Gordon Hayward, save us, please. Yeah, exactly. So, and then so moving on, defensive player of the year. You already had said his name, Miles Turner. Uh, I mean, there's not much else I can say about the guy. He's having a fantastic year defensively. Offensively, he needs some help. But when you have Demontis Sabonis on the on the team, who's out here just playing like a monster, uh, it's okay to have Miles Turner just being like, ah, you do you, guy. I'll uh, just block everything that comes in here. With my don't worry, it's fine. I'm just gonna. Don't worry, I got this blocks. Just you do whatever you want out there. You guys just go for steals nonstop. I'll clean up. Yeah, which by the way, his 1.1 steals a game right now. If you add up his his previous season's totals, he still out is out stealing his previous seasons combined. That's insane. He's talk about a defensive. <laughs> you know what? He has turned the corner. We are saying it just for his defense purely. I mean, look, everybody needs that defensive stalwart. I mean, we look at Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert obviously is not an offensive guy by any means. He just His offensive game is, oh, ball, rim, put back. Okay, done. I get 10 points this way. Miles Turner can easily do that. He averages 13 a game, so that's that's basically put back dunks. As long as his defense stays this good, I mean, it's there's no reason not to expect him to, to be, quote-unquote, turning the corner because you can make a lot of money being a defensive player of the year, especially as a center. So Look at Dwight Howard. Three-time yeah. defense play. Granted, he also had the slam dunking, the marketability, the almost MVP. So maybe not quite to the same extent, but the point is there. Yeah, exactly. The point is there. But then the man, the myth, the legend, my MVP choice. As you said, there are done. 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys I can put here. Um, and he's probably the lowest ranked guy if you look at statistics across the board. Um, but perhaps the most impactful for his team's success. Another big guy. Go Lo and behold, the big guy picks a big guy as his MVP hmm. choice. Uh, the Joker himself, Nikola Jokic. Shout out to uh, to to Devin from the preseason comments. He uh, he he also put the Joker as his MVP choice. Um, so Nailed I'm gonna give him one. his credit. He's playing absolutely fantastic. Just shy of a triple double this season. Um, you're looking at 27.1 points a game, eight and a half assists for a center, mind you, a center. 11 rebounds and 1.6 steals a game. Little less than one block a game. I think it's like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 blocks a game. So not fantastic from a center. Not really the defensive stalwart you want there. Uh, but the 1.6 steals definitely helps you from a defensive standpoint as a center. And, you know, all of that to say that he's also shooting 56.6% from the field. 88% from a free throw percent for, for, from the free throw line. So he's not missing his free shots. You know, he'll miss it once or, once, or, once or twice. And then again, efficiency rating coming into play where obviously I talk about MVP rating. And this is kind of the the final decider at the end of it. 37.2 efficiency rate, which is absolutely outstanding for a big guy. I mean, a third of the time this guy is getting the ball and putting it in the bucket. Or he's a third of the time getting the ball and assisting to points scored for his team. He is somehow leading to success from his team a little more than a third of the time. That's a, that's outstanding for a big guy. I mean, a guy who doesn't literally carry the ball up the court, even though if you probably let him, he would 100% take the ball up and do whatever he wanted with it. Especially uh, now that he's skinny and it's easier for him to walk up and down the court, so most definitely. Yeah, and he plays at that mile high air. And I, I say what you will, I think if you start in Denver and then you go everywhere else, your life is a lot easier than having to go to Denver to play one or two games in Denver and then go back to the regular sea level. That in Mexico City, those are probably two of the places where it's like, oh, God, can't breathe. Oh, wait, then once you get adjusted to it, everywhere else is cake. Exactly. Now, I will give, I will say this. I was, had this one very close between Nikola Jokic and Bradley Bill. My deciding factor at the end of the day, though, is Bradley Bill is a wizard. So all of his stats have to, like, for, for stats for an MVP case, I kind of can't give it to him because the dude can score 60 and still lose a game. You actually had Bradley Beal in the conversation for MVP, though. I, I did. Why would I not? The dude is absolutely outstanding right now. They I, are so far out of playoff contention. I, exactly. That's why he's not. He is not the MVP. Like it was okay. If I look at statistics, period. Like obviously, most MVPs should be looking at just most valuable player for their team. Obviously, Bradley Beal. I think it's not even close to being an argument. Bradley Beal is the most influential player on his team yet they still can't win like I, I think even if Bradley Bill didn't show up the, the Wizards might not score more than 60 points I mean Russell Westbrook couldn't carry them to 60 points I mean Westbrook is in the top five he is second in the league in assists so I mean he could figure something out yeah yeah you know those assists are going though not Bradley Bill because they play iso ball my man who's scoring 32.9 points a game the only person over 30 points a game at this point in time in the season Granted, there's like seven guys tied at 29 and some change, but yeah. Yeah, 29.6, 29.8, you know, whatever. But no, look, Bradley Bill's having an outstanding season. I just I need to say his name and say if he was any on any other team than the Wizards and then they actually had success, this would be a lot closer of a conversation. But he's on the Wizards, so it's kind of like I'm just mentioning him because he's having a fantastic year and that man needs to go somewhere to win a game. 
Like I hope he finishes the season as a scoring champion because he deserves it because he is a bucket and a half. Yeah, and it's good to see Bradley Bill is is obviously we've always wondered like how can he do without John Wall? Is it just like success based off of the John Wall system? Even though John Wall was always injured, um, he's more than proving that he doesn't need anybody to help him get his own bucket. He can go and do it himself. Um, Although but, I kind of bet he wishes he had John Wall back again because at least they won games when those two were there. Yeah, I mean efficiency plays a little bit of a part when it when it comes down to it. Just a um, wee bit. You know who knew who knew dribbling the ball all the time until it became flat was a was a bad idea, Russell. Uh, anyways, I digress. So Nikola Jokic is my MVP choice. Um, obviously, probably some people might disagree with that, but you know what? Screw you. It's, big guy there's not play. a whole lot to disagree with. I mean, Jokic <laughs> is one of those guys. He's he's got to be in that top seven to eight player in the league category, which puts him right in the MVP category. This this season, he's been right up there. Yeah. I think he's tapered off a little bit recently, but that start to the season he had. Whew, Devin looked like a genius in that first month or so. And even oh, now, he still looks like he called it, honestly. 100%. But we'll be right back, guys. We're going to go take a break real fast. You're going to hear from Fanatics and Fubo TV, and then we'll come right back, and we'll let you guys know who our first-team All-NBA players are. And we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand-new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to OnionJSN.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Love Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100 plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, you can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome back, guys. As you just heard, Fubo TV and Fanatics are proud to partner with the Unhinged Sports Network, and that includes us as well. So if you guys haven't already checked it out, links are in our bio. Everything you purchase off Fanatics, or if you sign up for Fubo TV, they do kick back money, help our podcast, help out the network, help us improve our content at all times. Um, so we always love that. And if you guys haven't heard about our other two sponsors, Dr. Squatch, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, obviously... You need to smell good to impress the friends and family and the ladies. Dr. Squatch, <laughs> Dr. Squatch Soap Company is the way to go. It's some cold-pressed soap, so that way it sticks together when you're in your shower. It doesn't just fall apart and get all gross. And if you're growing out a beard, even though winter is starting to fade into spring, you can get some nice beard oils, help it, help it smell good, help it look nice, and not like a mangy squash, if you will. Uh, and our other partner, we did just get a new partner, Everlast. You guys have heard of Everlast, Premier Boxing Company. You remember Mike Tyson. You remember Roy Jones Jr. They had the giant Everlast logo on their their pants. That is the company that is now helping our now now partnering with the High Low Sports Podcast, the preeminent boxing brand since 1910. Everlast is a global leader in the design, manufacturing, licensing, and marketing of authentic boxing, martial arts, and fitness related sports goods, equipment, footwear, and accessories. The link is in our bio for all the Everlast product, guys. Go check it out. If you're struggling like DJ is to find some extra workout equipment or you need new pads like DJ does for his his training to strike on, go check out Everlast, guys. 
Um, obviously, I'm not the workout guy, so I, I'm using DJ as my guinea pig on this one. Clearly, um, just putting me out there, but I can attest that Everlast is premier combative sports equipment. I've had a, I've had Everlast gloves for as long as I've thrown punches, basically, and I've used to have a bag in my old house too. Fantastic equipment, definitely would recommend it. Yeah, 100 guys. So check check that out as well. That link is in our bio, or if you're on our webpage, we have the banners all right there on our sponsors and and partner affiliate list. Uh, so just click on the banner and it'll take you right to Everlast. And again, anything you buy there helps our podcast out, helps us improve our content, and helps us, you know, really have a lot more fun with this. And feed our dogs. Yeah, and feed our dogs, our lovely dogs. But now talking about feeding some people, uh, all first team NBA, these guys get fed constantly by their teammates um, and manage to put up points. And this was a tough list. I got to say, this was... I felt completely blasphemous putting my list together. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to get some heat for this one. But DJ, I'll let you go first so I can stave off the heat a little bit while longer. Well, we're both about to catch a whole lot of smoke after this one. but So I'm going to start with the least smoke of the options just to get this on the right foot. <laughs> so I have, we could have done this a lot of different ways. We were talking about if we wanted a format. What we basically agreed on is, it just has to be a fieldable team. It can't be five guards or five centers or five forwards. It has to be like a fieldable team. So I went with two guards, two forwards, and a center. Pretty traditional type of lineup, basically. I'll start with one forward, the preeminent all-pro, all-NBA selection, LeBron James. 25 and a half points, eight rebounds, eight assists, 24 PER. LeBron is LeBron. I mean, I think we could both kind of agree on that one. LeBron is LeBron. His stats are insane across the board. If you can cut off free throw shooting, he would probably have the best stat line of all time. But he's LeBron James. That's all I'm really going to – I'm going to keep that one kind of short because even 17 years later, he's still the man. I mentioned free throw shooting is below 70% for the third year in a row. That's not really good at all. Can't really have that, unfortunately. But you look at his other stuff, he's got half a block. He's got one and a half steals – or sorry, one steal, 35% from three. 50% 50% field goal overall, which is absolutely insane. So going to go with LeBron for the easy, please don't hate me, everybody, part way to start the list. And now is where it gets a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> so my MVP pick was Dame Lillard. So obviously I have him as the point guard. I already went over all of his stats, basically 30 points per game, eight assists, all that, all that good stuff, and doing that without his partner in crime on top of it. So Dame Lillard is who I have as one of the guards. The next one is... Probably the closest thing to him that we have in the league, and by that I mean he's also the closest one to this person, the chef himself, Steph Curry. They put a virtually identical numbers with 29-plus points per game, practically 30 points. Steph's also got the six-ish. He's got six assists to go with, so not quite as ridiculous as Dame, but he's still absolutely fantastic. He's doing it without his partner in crime, Clay Thompson as well. Like You could see a lot of parallels going here with 93%. It's basically he's had Dame Lillard's season almost to a T just with fewer with fewer wins, unfortunately. And three point from three point percentage, still ridiculous. 42, 41%, 48% shooting overall. Five five and a half rebounds per game from Steph Curry, which is hilarious that he gets so many rebounds from just long missed shots. Steals, he's got one steal per game. Like Steph Curry is Steph Curry, and he's putting up Steph like numbers. So I still have Steph making a first team. All NBA, just based on the fact that he has still been ridiculous. Him and Dame Lillard both. What I would give to see them both on the same team, just hucking up threes, or just have them both do the three point shootout. Give me something along those lines. I want to see them going head to head in some way, shape, or form, just because I want to see shots fly. 
if I'm not mistaken, I think they are in this year's three point percent three point shootout. Well, I meant just those two versus each other, like nobody else, oh, just yeah. those two mono e mono basically. From the free throw or from the uh, from the logo, has to be from the logo. Otherwise, it starts at the logo, then you can go farther back. <laughs> and even then, they might need that might get a little bit tough. So obviously, I left off a few really good guards. I don't like it, but those two have been so fantastic. With pretty much no help, they've been one man shows, and both like the Blazers are in the playoffs comfortably, and the Warriors are fighting for a spot too. And there's like Wiseman's been the next best guy, Andrew Wiggins. Like they've they've had a lot of gelling to do, and the, Steph's kept them afloat. He's been an absolute show. Whenever when he gets on, is anybody more dangerous with the ball in their hands when they're on fire than those two guys? I mean, I feel like those are yeah. the two dangerous scorers of all time when they're hot. No, it's it's kind of silly because they can literally heat check from pretty much anywhere on the court once they cross the timeline on the other side. They they can put up a shot and you have a, a better than 50% chance of it going in. Like Paul George had to say it was a bad shot, but for Dame it's like we're talking about the one a couple of years ago like no no that's pretty standard mm-hmm. for me just cuz it's not normal doesn't mean it's a bad shot. It's normal for Dame, it's stupid for everybody else besides these two. And you know, they make sense when they talk about how why they learned how to shoot from that far. They're shorter guys. They're like, we had to learn something because they kept putting six foot ten guards on us. And so we had to learn how something to get an advantage on these guys. And why not just step back a couple steps and shoot your three? Exactly. And if they come up to try and guard us up there, you can blow right by them. Then it gives you more space to work with. Coming off screens, they try and double team you or push you back. Don't let you come underneath. You can pull up from distance. It It's made them dangerous. And I kind of lumped these two in the same play. Like, obviously, they're my two guards. I'm just using the exact same thing to describe them because how incredibly similar they have been. I mean, 29.6 for Dame, 29.5 for Steph. Like, they've been very identical overall. Dame's had a little bit better stats and a little bit better season by a slight margin, I'd say. Both should have been the wet starting in the All-Star game. The fact that Dame is not starting is blasphemy. Correct. All right, got that off my chest now. We're good. (laughs) Now is where things get blasphemous and people can start yelling at me and I'll accept it. So this is where it got weird because obviously the next forward spot, there's a lot of different guys you could go with. There's Kawhi's, the Kevin Durant's there, but I'm sticking with old reliable. I'm going with Giannis. I know he hasn't quite been as not like his last two back-to-back MVP seasons. He doesn't seem to have quite the impact. He So this year he's str- clearly struggling with 29 points per game. 12 oh, rebounds a game, six assists, a game. one and a half blocks, one and at one steal. Overall, he's shooting 56%, only 28% from three, which is obviously terrible, but we've accepted that. The 66% <laughs> from the free throw line is awful too, but just listing those things that he's arguably once again a defensive player of the year candidate, an offensive player, a scoring champion candidate at 29 points per game, fifth in the league rebounding champion in the contention for that with 12 he's fourth in the league and assists he's at six assists per game is i don't care what everyone says he's a damn center basically yeah and not let's not forget he's potential defensive player of the year because who oh, knows when he's gonna go get three blocks a game oh yeah let's just throw that on top of it too he could just mess around and block everybody's shot and get steals at the same time because of the way he plays he might get a triple double in steals and blocks and points because he's just the greek freak Heck, he might get a penta. He might get a penta dub at this point. The way it's going, who knows with him? Can I see that, please, in my lifetime? That's all I ask. Let me just see a penta dub in, in my lifetime one time. Of course, unfortunately, with all this more responsibility, this turnovers have continued to go up the last three years. He's at three point seven for three straight years, ironically. So his three best years have had the most turnovers. So maybe he'll maybe he'll give us a penta dub with turnovers. He'll do the Westbrook special, I guess. 
Oh, and if you're a player efficiency rating guy, he's 29.27, so third in the league on that too. So I gave it to Giannis, although Kevin Durant was a strong option here. He's obviously been absolutely fantastic. Kawhi Leonard, of course, fantastic. Jason Tatum's been really, really fantastic too. Like we could have gone a lot of different directions. It just felt like it would be almost blasphemous not to put Giannis on here when he's so good in so many categories. And the Bucs are good too. It's not like they're a mediocre team. He still has them pretty elite. They're just not stupid good like they were the last two years. Now they're just really, really good. And that more, that has more to do with the fact he doesn't really have a clear-cut second fiddle right now. His second fiddle is a mix between Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. They haven't really figured out that combo yet. And either one of those guys would probably be on the bench if they were on the Nets or the Lakers or a lot of these other teams, too, that have guys that are up here like this. On the Sixers, they'd be the third or fourth fiddle, too. So a lot of the other winning teams, his be- his next options would be afterthoughts on their teams or just really good players. Yep. Okay, this is the one that I was not looking forward to. For the center pick, I had to do the blasphemous thing, and I left Nikola Jokic off Ooh. because I gave it to a guy who plays – a little bit more defense in Joel Embiid. He's 29.8 points per game. So he is second in the league to your boy, Bradley Beal. 1.3 blocks and 1.2 steals. So he's a he has a block and a steal per game as a big man. Three assists. Obviously, he's not, he's not in that Jokic category, but he's no slouch for a big man with three. 12 rebounds per game, including nine defensive rebounds. 80% from the free throw line, which, LeBron, why are you getting outshot by a seven-foot-two guy? Yeah, seriously. Two-point field goal percentage, 52%. Three-point field goal percentage, he's still at 33%. Like, he's shooting better than guards from three. Exactly. He doesn't shoot very many. Because he doesn't have to because he's too busy banging down low like a true center. Yeah. 48%, 49% overall field goal. He's been an absolute monster. I mean, he dropped, what was it, like 52 points just a couple weeks ago while still being the force and then – of nature in the middle. It feels blasphemous not keeping Jokic on here. And I wanted to do the two center thing so bad, but then I have to take off LeBron or Steph or Dame, or this is such a pain. I hate this. And I think if you told me absolutely not, Jokic is going in a spot. I can't argue with you. So at this point, I'm not saying anything against Jokic. What I'm just saying is how damn good Joel Embiid has been. And excuse me, he's actually shooting 41, 42% from three. That was his career. I was looking at for 32, 30, He's actually a 42% from three this year. So he's even better than I gave him credit for. He's shooting almost as good as your boy Tyrese Halliburton, who's been a guard who's been lighting it up. Yeah, I, no, can't, I can't even read stats, and, and I misread them, and he's even better than that. And he's shooting 55% from two, not 52%. I was even reading the wrong line. Yeah. So 52% from the field altogether. He's even better than I everything I just said. 86% from the free throw line. 86 that's absolutely insane. He's money from the free throw line, too. I can't believe I read the wrong line. I'm embarrassed right now. So, but my point stands. He has been absolutely fantastic. A steal per game, a rebound per game, 29.8, basically 30 points per game. And he's basically has the 76ers as a true contender in the East when your be- next best player can barely shoot anything outside of a layup or a dunk. Ben yeah. Simmons is the exact same player he's been since he was a rookie, honestly. He's a little bit better passer, a little bit better defender but he still struggles shooting. He still struggles with getting his own shot besides fast break dunks and maybe coming off a pick and roll if they double team the roller. He hasn't, his game has not changed at all since he's been in the league from what I can see. And he only averages 16 points a game this season too. 
So Joel Embiid's been carrying that 76ers team a lot more than is given credit for it. And like I mentioned in our preseason predictions, Doc Rivers has them locked in on the defensive end. And that starts with Joel Embiid in the middle saying, okay, you guys get up on them. If they get by you, good luck to them. Yeah, that, I mean, and that was your that was your defensive player of the year, Dom, too. So uh, uh, it wouldn't be surprised if he's, he's able to pull that out at the end of the year. So. So that's that's my first team All NBA, but just looking at the guys I had on the second team, I basically have the second team All NBA: James Harden leading the league in assists, Bradley Beal leading the league in scoring, Jokic probably the leading MVP candidate. I feel blasphemous still not having him on there. Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard is the forwards. Which one? Like that's that's my second team All NBA. Who do you think would win? Like I mean, have that's those guys play? I, I look at my list and I also left a couple of those guys off as well. And I'm just like, man, my second team is even my second team might be deadlier than your second team. Let's put it that way. And so, that, what's know. insane is we're still leaving people off this second team too. Like this, what an absolutely ridiculous year. But so that's what I'm going with. Honestly, I put a lot of stock in the guys that are putting up buckets this year, just because I think this year getting buckets is the biggest key with no off season, the shortened off season, nonetheless too. Yeah. I think guys, we just go out there and find a way to get the ball in the hole. Those are going to be the guys that make big differences here comparatively to other seasons where guys can contribute in a variety of ways. I think those are going to be fewer and far between this year, just from what I've seen so far. I'm glad you said it that way because that makes my list sound so much better when I'm about to say it. I'm trying to help you out while also helping myself. I'm trying to de- – I can already feel the flames of death coming after us. I'm trying to mitigate them. Oh, don't worry. They're about to come full force. And My God, the words that are about to happen. I need to preface this by saying – Guys, I did I did say LeBron is a potential GOAT candidate, and in my book, he is 1B. I need oh, to boy, start... you're, you're starting with who's off the list is what it sounds like. I need to start my list by saying that so I don't get that much heat because I still love LeBron. So, yeah, LeBron, obviously, I have all the love in the world for LeBron. I also need to start this by saying I love Chef Curry um, so much so I have his wife's ki- kicking, cooking utensils in the kitchen currently. Uh, so... I do love me some Chef Curry as well. Not enough to put him on my list this year, though. Not at this point in time in the season. And I am about to catch so much heat from all of California. I'm about to be disowned as a as an as a natural as a as a born Californian. Um, God, but, you're about to come. The second, the most populated state in the country, arguably, is about to riot after you. Way to go! Uh, this could be like the second worst thing I've ever said in my life. All right, definitely so anyways, top two. <laughs> Anyways, let's start at the top of my list and work my way down. Uh, like you, I kind of I was I was torn, and I, it was so hard to choose these guys. Um, but I think we're both agreeing on Dame Lillard being number uh, the point guard on here. Obviously, he was he's he's a potential MVP candidate, absolutely having a fantastic season. Everything you said about him, one hundred percent correct. I'm gonna move past Dame Lillard because he deserves to be on this list, and the fact he's not a starter in the All Star game. Shame on you, voters. Shame on you. That's pretty much all I had to contribute is I was going to hammer that point home one more time. Get Damien on the starting team. What the heck? We need to stop shafting him just because he plays in Portland. Just because he played at Weber State doesn't mean you guys have to shaft him now. I mean, that's been literally eight years ago. Exactly. But number two on my list, I talked about him in the MVP candidate, and the only reason I left him out because he's a wizard. But he's still the top scorer in the NBA by a whole whopping three points average per game. That's a lot when you break it down. I mean, that's that is a lot of getting just buckets. And as you said, DJ, I feel like this year is definitely one that needs to be predicated off of getting buckets, because 
there's not a lot of off season. There wasn't a lot of prep time. And just being able to go out there and get buckets, especially when you're on a team like the Wizards, where you really had no off season to prepare with your team. This was kind of the moment for Bradley Bill to, to put up or shut up. And, and to be honest, I feel like he's playing more for his career after the Wizards than he's playing for his career with the Wizards this season. Um, it's it, I just had to put him up there. He's averaging 32.9 points a game, 4.8 assists, 5.4 rebounds, 1.4 steals. So it's not like he's just taking off on defense, too. He's actually playing defense as well as offense. Um, kind of the all-around Bradley Bill we all wanted to see. So We talk a lot about him being on the trade block and get free Bradley Bill. Imagine him with Joel Embiid in the Sixers. An outside scoring threat like that with an inside scoring threat just pair up the two leading scorers in the league. Yeah. Good luck, everybody else, and two very complimentary games. Oh, yeah. It'd be crazy. Guys, make it happen somehow. I don't know why. I'm not even a Sixers fan, but I want to see it now. No, you're exactly right. I would want to, I'd love to see that too. But now it came the hard part. I, who did I replace LeBron with? You know, we've all heard of the Twin Towers. We've all heard of the the dynamic duos, the big front 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 centers and, and everything. Um, I may have gone with the trifle forwards, uh, the trifle towers, if you will. Uh, I put three guys that are all borderline seven-footers but they don't all play like borderline seven footers. Uh, obviously Giannis being number one here um, as one of my forwards, 29.2 points a game, 5.9 assists, 11.8 rebounds. So 12 rebounds. You mentioned the 1.2 steals, the 1.4 blocks. I mean, the dude's having an outstanding season. Uh, there's nothing more to that. Giannis is, is playing out of his mind. Um, he is still the Greek freak. Center number one, <laughs> everything you mentioned about Joel Embiid. I had to, this is, I look, I'm a big guy at heart. I played center. I played power forward in, in high school. This is, you know, this is obviously a near and dear position to my heart. I love when centers perform. And we have two centers performing extremely well in extremely dynamic ways. One is defensive, old school center styling it. And one is new school European style running point center. And they're both playing so damn well, I couldn't leave them off the list. Because... I want both of them on my team. I couldn't pick if you forced me to. If you said, you have to choose one or you don't get Chick-fil-A for a day. I'm going without Chick-fil-A for a day or a month. I don't care. I can't pick one. I literally had to put them both on here. And that meant LeBron got left off. So, sorry, LeBron, but Joel Embiid replaces you on my list. As you mentioned, second in scoring. Outstanding rebounder, steals, blocks, field goal percentages out of his world this year. 86% free throw shooting. LeBron, shoot free throws better. You're one of the best players ever. Shoot free throws better. Don't shoot under 70%, and we could actually talk about you being in this list. What's crazy is both of these centers are shooting 88%. That's yeah. what's absolutely blessed. Like, not just that they're that much better than what LeBron's shooting, it's just how good they're shooting. Like, that is absolutely insane. And their offensive efficiency rate, they're both – over 33 percent that is a third of their possessions off of this of their team's possessions offensively result in points either directly from their hands or from an assist from their hands how insane is that a third of their total points you take these two two guys off their teams you cut a third of their wins out easily i mean that's really what it breaks down to so you have the sixers who are second in the nba in record leading the Eastern Conference, you take away a third of their wins, they're barely in 10th place. The Nuggets, 
who obviously have fallen off a little bit late. They're twelfth in the in the West if you take away Jokic. Like, how can I how can I take these two guys out and not put them in my All NBA first team? But that does mean my second team is absolutely deadly. I mean, you talk about Steph, James Harden in the backcourt. Okay, who's guarding? I, I don't want to guard those guys. Either James is gonna blow the ball out because he's dribbling it so much, or Steph is gonna shoot a flat ball for midcourt and it's gonna go in because Steph just does that. James and then Harden's beyond that, gonna pass it in with his leading the league in assists, so he could throw it to any of those guys and it's yeah. a bucket guaranteed. Then you Whether have LeBron and KD and whoever else you want to put down there, Kawhi. Like I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. I, I, I think my second team has a chance against my first team because if I'm not mistaken, this is actually similar to the team that that Giannis picked against LeBron in the All Star game a couple years back, except for he had Steph instead of Dame, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I think this actually ended up being pretty close. Ironically enough, that that it almost is the same thing because he had like a trifle tower as well. Um, but yeah, it might be. But it is crazy to talk about how these two centers are leading their teams and. For me, though, if all things were created equal to, I gave Joel Embiid a slight edge just because defensively, I think he makes a little bit more of an impact. I know Jokic is yeah. averaging a steal and a half, but that's almost just kind of Those right place, right? Like are, are huge from from. Joel. And then just the shots that Joel affects in the paint as well, too. Just his yeah. ability to the unseen stats, I guess, if that makes sense, like the unrecorded stats he can do. Plus, at the same time, we look at their their partners in crime, their their second fiddle, if you want to call him that. Ben Simmons, I have no problem calling him Joel Embiid's second fiddle. It's hard for me to say Jamal Murray's a second fiddle, though. That well, man has season, I know he's, he's it's not been his best season, but he is still a bad man when he gets going. Oh, 100 percent And that's the thing, is at, at, with this being a midseason award, I felt comfortable putting Jokic in here still because Jamal Murray up until this point hasn't been Jamal Murray from past. Like he hasn't been that Jamal Murray that was in the bubble. He hasn't been that guy that just absolutely took over a game and led the Nuggets on a terrific run to get to the Western Conference Finals. He's not. He that not guy. He's been way too inconsistent this year so far for both of our likings. Honestly, considering we had, heck, we had them. I had the Nuggets as the best record in the West when we did our prediction preseason predictions. And I'm gonna need Jamal to start Jamaling again for that to come true. Make me look smart again, guys. I mean, I need you guys to work on that. <laughs> exactly. But, like you but, said, it's it's hard to get leave either one of these guys off the list. Like I'm gonna go wash my mouth out with soap for having to leave one of them off of it, and you're gonna have to wash your mouth out with soap for leaving LeBron off it. And Steph, and Steph, I love Steph. I love what Steph is doing, especially coming out coming back off of injuries last year, hampered his season. Obviously, he didn't play the whole season um, because of injuries, and he came back for a little bit, and then they held him out and yada yada yada. Um, but at the same time, I put him. It was hard, man. I looked at this list as I, we were talking about it beforehand. I like Jokic was the lowest guy on there, and he's my MVP pick. And the only person lower than him is LeBron, and that's the only reason I kept him off on the on the the ratings is because like LeBron was lower than Jokic, and I'm like already felt bad putting Jokic there, and Jokic is ranked like eighth, and I'm like I'm not putting a guy who's ranked twelfth in LeBron on this list because then I really feel blasphemous. Although I feel like every season we can put LeBron anywhere on this list, and it's fine. LeBron's just that guy. I hate to say it. It's just you can plug him in at any point in time. You're always right, and you can leave him out, and you're always wrong. So <laughs> it's it's a Trump card or a your stupid card at all times. It's a, nothing in between. Exactly. So I'm probably going to be the dumb one this time. That's that is just what it is. Uh, but that does it for us, guys. Today, uh, DJ. Any last words? 
Not a whole lot, I will say. Before the recent slide that they've been on, too, you had been even more blasphemous. But with the slide they've been on, I think it's helped you just a little bit with that LeBron thing, too. Just the last handful of games, he has not looked too great. He's had his moments, but there have been a lot of struggles. So maybe he's helping you out recently. Maybe that's what he's going for. Yeah, you know, losing AD doesn't help either. That's, I mean, that was my preseason MVP pick, and obviously with him him going down, that was that's that's painful for the Lakers. LeBron has to take the shoulder shoulder the load back on again. Um, whereas this year, I feel like he was definitely projecting to just be like, "Here, AD, handle this for me." But uh, yeah, I definitely hold agree my beer till the finals. Then I got this. <laughs> yeah, I'll go win the I'll go win the finals MVP. Don't worry about it. But you get us there. Just you get <laughs> us there. AD. Uh, but I do think that hurts. But yeah, that's I'm with you. I think the Lakers obviously they'll get it together. But I think LeBron's helping my case right now. Uh, makes me look less dumb, even though I I don't want to hear LeBron fans. I know I'm we're gonna it literally this is gonna go up with the first thing we're gonna get. You left LeBron off your list? Oh crap, here we go. So, That's okay. All of Denver is gonna be like, you left Jokic off your list and then just like set me on fire. Yeah, far end might have something to say about that. So that'll be uh that'll be an interesting one to see. Uh but guys said, you... Jokic is probably higher up on the MVP list, but <laughs> I, I only pick I only picked one center. I didn't do the t- stifle towers like you did. I did the trifle towers. Trifle towers. Sorry, Uh, trifle towers. Them trifle, you know what? Anyways, so that does it for us today, guys. Uh, If you don't know already, know check out the link in our bio for all of our links. That's our link tree. Check us out on Twitter: high underscore low underscore sports. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. on Unhinged Sports Network. Every Friday, 2 p.m. we are we release our episodes on all of our platforms. And don't forget to check out the website: highlowsportspodcast.com and our merch store. You guys haven't heard already. Unhinged now has a merch store. We have tweeted out the link. It is tat. It is our post or whatever the tweet is. Our highlighted tweet in our bio or in our page. So check that out, guys. And until next time, see you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.